Back to Basics 2.0 Preventing Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items by Aaron Kyle According to the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, Unplanned Retained Surgical Items, RSIs, after operative or other invasive procedures, are never events, that is, preventable adverse events. It is likely that RSIs have occurred since the practice of surgery began, and they continue to occur, despite the best efforts of perioperative teams. Sentinel event data from the Joint Commission for the first six months of 2022 indicate that RSIs were among the top 10 reported Sentinel events. However, the Joint Commission also notes that less than 2% of Sentinel events are reported, which means these data are not an epidemiologic data set from which individuals, for example, researchers, healthcare personnel, can draw conclusions about Sentinel event frequency or trends. Among reported Sentinel events from 2018 through June 2022, RSIs were one of the top five reported categories and included, in descending order of frequency, sponges, guide wires, unspecified fragments, and needles. Retention of soft goods has occurred in perioperative, obstetric, and interventional radiology departments, cardiac catheterization laboratories, and specialty clinics. Retention of surgical items can occur even when the count is correct. A correct count is therefore not an assurance that there are no retained items. According to the Joint Commission, the leading causes of reported RSIs from 2018 through June 2022 included communication issues and a lack of adherence to facility policies. A review of the literature showed that a variety of elements contribute to RSIs, including those associated with breakdowns in communication, human factors, ineffective leaders, operative care factors, for example, such as rushing to complete a task, patient assessment deficiencies, physical environment concerns, and information management issues. Study results show that RSI incidents can vary from one in every 32,672 procedures among pediatric patients, data from 2003, to one in every 5,027 procedures, data from 1990 to 2003. The effects of RSIs on patients can be severe and prolong the operative time, the need for an anesthetic, and the patient's overall length of stay. In general, RSIs can cause costly and time-consuming postoperative complications. For example, inflammation, abscesses, granulomas, pain, and death. Retained guide wires or intravascular devices may affect circulation and cause thrombosis, embolism, arrhythmia, tamponade, perforation, and death. Unplanned RSIs can affect the professional reputations of physicians and perioperative personnel and result in loss of revenue for healthcare organizations. Practice Point Using Standardized Processes Because communication problems are consistently reported as contributing factors in RSI events, AORN recommends that interdisciplinary personnel employ a systems approach for all operative and other invasive procedures. This includes implementing measures to improve perioperative team member communication and clarifying perioperative team member roles and policies and procedures 
that are focused on preventing RSIs. To account for items used during procedures accurately, the RN circulator should 1. Survey the OR for countable items before the initial count. 2. Verify all count information from previous procedures has been removed from the room. 3. Directly observe the items being counted. 4. Record counts of all items in a visible location, for example, the count board. 5. Watch the sterile field during the procedure for any dropped items. 6. Report count discrepancies. And 7. Collaborate with perioperative team members to reconcile counts. The scrub person should 1. Create and maintain an organized sterile field according to accepted practice. 2. Be aware of the configuration, for example, number of pieces, of all items used during the procedure. 3. Confirm the condition of counted items after use. 4. Perform surgical counts with the RN circulator and show them the items being counted. And 5. Collaborate with team members on any count-related concerns. Perioperative team members who may not actively participate in counts also play an important role in the prevention of RSIs during procedures. The surgeon and first assistant should 1. Place only radiopaque soft goods in the surgical wound. 2. Know the location of items placed in the wound. 3. Communicate information on item placement to unscrubbed team members so they can record the information where all team members can see it. 4. Explore the wound in a methodical manner before closing it. 5. Recognize when the scrub person and RN circulator are performing counts. And 6. Communicate when returning items to the scrub person and when intentionally leaving items in the patient as packing. The anesthesia professional's role in preventing RSIs involves collaborating with perioperative team members to avoid patient emergence from general anesthesia when they are counting. In addition, anesthesia professionals should notify the team when placing and removing items, for example, throat pack, bite block, in the patient's airway. Perioperative team members should use a consistent process when performing surgical counts of specific items, that is, soft goods, sharps, miscellaneous items, and instruments, at designated times before and during the procedure. When possible, the initial count should be performed before the RN circulator transports the patient to the OR. The standard process also should specify the order in which two individuals, one of whom is the RN circulator, view and audibly count the specified items. When interruptions occur, the two individuals should begin the count again. The perioperative team should not consider the count complete until the surgeon, or designee, removes and returns all items that were placed in the wound during the procedure to the scrub person or designates planned retention of items, for example, packing. Unscrubbed team members should refrain from removing counted items from the OR until after performing and reconciling all counts. During relief of the RN circulator or scrub person, team members should perform a structured handover that addresses the surgical counts. 
Perioperative team members should actively participate in team training specific to prevention of RSIs because such training can help team members overcome hierarchical barriers and improve communication. The team members should prioritize an environment during the procedure that minimizes distractions, noise, and unnecessary interruptions when personnel are counting. Implementing a no-interruption zone that prohibits non-essential activities and conversation and prevents rushing the count is another way that teams can minimize the risk of RSIs. Teams should avoid performing counts during critical phases of the procedure, such as during the timeout, induction and emergence of general anesthesia, and specimen transfer. Practice Point Using Adjunct Technology AORN recommends that perioperative nurses use adjunct technology to detect the location of or verify the outcome of manual counting procedures for surgical soft goods. The evidence supporting this recommendation elevated the strength of the recommendation from conditional to recommendation in the most recent version of the Guideline for Prevention of Unintentionally Retained Surgical Items. This change indicates that the benefits of implementing the recommendation clearly exceed the potential risk or harm and that the evidence clearly supports it. Perioperative personnel should use adjunct technology devices that have received clearance from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration or have been deemed exempt from pre-market notification, that is, Class I medical devices. They should use the technology in conjunction with consistent and standardized counting practices and should not consider use of adjunct technology a replacement for counting. Technologies currently available include radiofrequency, RF, detection devices, which contain a chip and use radio waves, and data matrix-coded systems, which scan a two-dimensional label attached to the soft good. Although there is a lack of published evidence on the data matrix-coded systems, there are several benefits to using RF detection, including a reduction in 1. Near misses 2. Count discrepancies 3. Time spent searching for soft goods and resolving count discrepancies 4. Intraoperative radiographs and 5. Overall cost associated with time spent reconciling count discrepancies Before implementing adjunct technology as part of an RSI reduction program, an interdisciplinary team comprising personnel from perioperative, infection prevention, radiology, materials management, and sterile processing departments, surgeons, and quality and risk managers should evaluate the proposed technology, review the manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU, and be aware of the potential risks that RF detection systems pose to some patients. Electromagnetic interference, EMI, with implanted medical devices, for example, temporary pacemakers, can occur when using RF detection or RF identification, RFID, technology. Researchers have found that some pacemakers and implantable cardioverter defibrillators are, quote, susceptible to EMI when being exposed to modulated LF, low-frequency, RFID readers, end quote. Team members activating RFID devices should use closed-loop communication to notify the rest of the perioperative team before activation. 
they should avoid activating the devices when programming pacemakers or implantable cardioverter defibrillators. In addition, a qualified team member should set temporary pacemakers to asynchronous mode before perioperative personnel use adjunct technology that involves either RF or RFID. Because RSIs can occur on non-perioperative units and when personnel record manual counts as correct, leaders should implement use of adjunct technology concurrently across the organization, and personnel should use the technology even if they believe a count is correct. Inconsistent implementation of such technology at an organization with more than one location in which personnel use soft goods may result in staff member confusion regarding whether the soft goods in use are detectable. Practice Point Addressing Special Considerations Non-epidemiological dataset sentinel event reports, case study reports, and study results indicate that the majority of reported RSIs involve surgical sponges. However, other items used during operative and other invasive procedures, for example, guide wires or stents, instruments and instrument fragments, radiopaic markers, can be and have been retained. Teams, for example, perioperative, radiology, cardiology, that use intravascular devices, for example, catheters, guide wires, sheaths, during procedures, should take action to mitigate the risk of unplanned retention. Organization leaders should implement the use of standardized checklists that include two-person verification of complete removal of intravascular devices. During procedures, personnel also should 1. Consider insertion and removal of intravascular devices to be a critical phase of the procedure. 2. Carefully inspect all devices for defects before use. 3. Use intravascular devices according to the manufacturer's IFU. 4. Replace damaged or bent devices. And 5. Confirm the removal of these devices in their entirety with the surgeon. When replacing a guide wire or catheter in a needle, personnel should withdraw the device simultaneously with a needle rather than withdrawing the device through the needle, which can cause shearing of the device. Negative pressure wound therapy, NPWT, sponges, also can be retained. An interdisciplinary team comprising stakeholders involved with placing, managing, and removing dressings, for example, physicians, perioperative, and wound care nurses, infection preventionists, materials management personnel, quality and risk managers, and other stakeholders, for example, manufacturer representatives, should establish and implement standardized processes for managing foam pieces associated with NPWT devices. Perioperative team members should use a standardized process to communicate the location of the foam pieces associated with NPWT and plan for their eventual removal. When inserting foam pieces into a wound at the end of a procedure, perioperative personnel and surgeons should follow the manufacturer's IFU, cut the foam only when necessary to fit, and minimize the number of pieces used. The RN circulator or surgeon should document the number of foam pieces in the wound in a location of the patient's health record that is accessible to all healthcare team members who manage the NPWT device.
The RN circulator should specify the number of foam pieces during handover communication. The interdisciplinary team also should implement a removal process in the OR that includes consulting the patient's record to determine the number of foam pieces that are present and require removal, documenting the number of foam pieces removed in the patient's record, and the surgeon performing a methodical wound exploration before closing. Minimally Invasive Surgery, MIS, procedures also carry the risk of RSIs, though these risks are somewhat different than the risks during open procedures. Instrument and device fragments that fall outside the field of view are of particular concern because the act of searching for these fragments can result in tissue injury, increased procedure time, exposure to radiation, and conversion to an open procedure, and may cause more harm to the patient than not searching for the item. The surgeon should weigh the risks and benefits of retrieving device fragments before taking action. To mitigate the risk of instrument and device breakage that may result in retained fragments during procedures, perioperative personnel can remove broken and malfunctioning instruments from use, inspect all devices for completeness and functionality before use, and establish the procedure and schedule for additional inspection of all MIS instruments. This is especially important for MIS or robotic instruments that have a predetermined lifespan. Perioperative teams should reconcile count discrepancies in a standardized manner. After identifying a count discrepancy, all perioperative team members should participate in the search for the missing item. This process involves active communication, searching the OR and sterile field for the missing item, and recounting. Personnel should not use empty supply packages to reconcile surgical counts. Surgeons have additional responsibilities that include halting or postponing wound closure, examining the wound for the missing item, participating in the obtaining of radiographs when warranted, and remaining in the OR until the item is found or determined to not have been retained. Conclusion Unintentional RSIs are not a new patient safety concern, and they continue to occur. Perioperative teams can implement strategies to mitigate the risk for RSIs before, during, and after procedures. Each team member has a designated role in the prevention of RSIs. Perioperative personnel should use adjunct technology and consistent standardized approaches and checklists to prevent RSIs. This Back to Basics 2.0 article contains three knowledge checks. I will now read the first knowledge check for the practice point using standardized processes. After beginning an RN circulator travel assignment at a new facility, Terrell's first procedure is an open splenectomy. At the beginning of the procedure, he records counts of soft goods, sharps, miscellaneous items, and instruments on the printed set-specific count sheet. Asa, the scrub person, requests that Terrell record the counts for soft goods, sharps, and miscellaneous items on the count board in the OR, as specified in the facility's RSI prevention policy. Terrell states that it is not necessary to use the count board because he can track the counts efficiently on the printed count sheet. Dr. M, the surgeon, agrees with Asa and tells the team that recording the count on the board helps him know how many sponges he is looking for when exploring the wound at the end of the procedure. Terrell sighs, but records the count on the board. 
During the procedure, Dr. M requests an instrument that is not present in the OR, so Terrell leaves to obtain it from the sterile processing department. While he is gone, the scrub team members require additional laparotomy sponges. Arunima, the CRNA, obtains the sponges from the supply cabinet, opens and delivers them to ASA in a sterile manner, counts them with ASA, and records the addition on the count board accompanied by her initials. Terrell returns to the OR and opens the retrieved instrument. The procedure continues, and after Dr. M removes the spleen, he performs a methodical wound exploration. At the appropriate time, Asa and Terrell begin the first closing count. Terrell initially faces Asa as she counts, until he realizes that he forgot to document the specimen in the electronic health record and turns away to enter the information. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Arunima B. Dr. M. C. Asa or D. Terrell I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Terrell did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the second knowledge check for the practice point using adjunct technology. Pat is the perioperative services director at a large academic hospital in an urban setting. The facility's leaders have been monitoring the incidents of RSIs and noticed an increase in the trauma OR, but no changes in the main and cardiovascular ORs. At a facility-wide quality committee meeting, Pat initiates a discussion on investing in adjunct technology. She suggests that the committee convene an interdisciplinary team to evaluate adjunct technology with the intent to implement it across the organization in response to the increased RSIs. Ronald, the chief nursing officer, points out that such technology is expensive. Alicia, the quality director, agrees that there is a cost associated with the technology, but voices concerns about missed RSIs that may occur even when personnel believe a count is correct. She goes on to say that there likely will be less confusion if the technology is implemented throughout the organization at the same time. Dr. Q, the chief of surgery, notes that the problem appears to be isolated to the trauma ORs and that some technology can interfere with pacemakers. He requests that the quality committee have an interdisciplinary team research information on this topic. Ronald reiterates his concerns about the cost of the technology, notes that adjunct technology does not apply to all soft goods used during procedures, and recommends that the quality committee convene a team to explore using the technology only in the trauma ORs. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Pat B. Ronald C. Alicia or D. Dr. Q I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Ronald did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the third and final knowledge check for the practice point, addressing special considerations. Dr. S. and Jalen, an RN first assistant, are closing the surgical wound at the end of a lengthy open exploratory laparotomy, when Andre, the RN circulator, and Kelsey, the surgical technologist, perform the closing count, 
They identify a missing needle. After Kelsey tells Dr. S about the needle, Dr. S and Jalen stop closing the wound. As Jalen checks the drapes for the missing needle, Dr. S explores the wound. At the same time, Kelsey searches the mayo stand and back table for the needle and double-checks the needle counter for accuracy. Andre uses the magnetic needle finder on the floor and checks the addition on the count board. He begins to search the waste container for the suture packages to determine if the number recorded on the count board is correct. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Dr. S. B. Jalen. C. Andre. Or D. Kelsey. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Andre did not follow the recommended practice point.